Last night, I had a dream that uh, I was kidnapped by Grimace, one of the characters from the titular uh, McDonald's movie. Uh, just him. There was no Hamburglar, no uh, Chicken Nuggets, just Grimace. And now uh, I will forever be afraid of the color purple and large triangular shaped people. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back for another Tuesday episode of Daily Content. We're smoking our way right through this week. Uh, I'm your host, Lincoln, and we have some friends of the podcast with us in the studio today. Hey, guys. I'm Good Phil. Evening. Good morning. Good morning. All right, Phil and Jasmine. If, uh, if you didn't hear yesterday's episode, go back and listen to it. We had two people who definitely weren't Phil and Jasmine here. I wasn't here. Uh definitely other people who should go back and listen to yesterday's episode if you've not listened to that episode already how you guys doing happy tuesday by the way really really good i am uh got i got really good sleep last night uh i felt refreshed ready to go got a bunch of stuff done i'm very proud of myself the adult american dream Mm. I'll, i'll tell you what last week one of the days last week i think maybe it was thursday night I slept for nine hours straight. Ooh. And I've honestly kind of just been chasing that high ever since then. It's not like the optimal time. It was great. I woke you up. You eight all the time, but you should really get nine. I, I don't know. But it, the, the stars aligned, and I fell asleep around 8.30 and then woke up at 6, uh, you know, for work. So if that's not like nine hours, mm-hmm. um, yeah. My, uh, my record for sleep is two full days. A full Ooh. forty hour <laughs> period. Yeah, I worked at a uh, like a I had a night shift job, and I could not get used to. The, I worked there for a year, and the whole time could not get used to a schedule. So at the end of the week, when it was my time, or like when I got my day off, it, you know they set up like a normal weekend, but like get out at seven o'clock in the morning, and there's obviously nothing to do. So I'm like, well. I'll go to bed, and then by the time I wake up, you know, it's Friday night, and I'll have an actual weekend. You know, I'll actually go do some hangout with my friends. Well, then you know, I go to bed 7.30 when I got home, and then wake up, and it's 6 p.m. Sunday night. Yeah. I think the only friends for third shift people are third shift people. Mm-hmm. I think it's really hard to maintain... Mm-hmm. friendship and, with anyone outside yeah. of that and, and going out and doing something fun is just going to breakfast because you're only up in the morning <laughs> I uh, used to work a job that I would deliver bread to various establishments and restaurants also bars <clears throat> and so there was this one bar in Warsaw that I would deliver bread to and I would roll in there about 8 o'clock in the morning and more often than not there were a lot of people at that bar uh, it was third shifters who were getting off shift, and mm-hmm. and that I believe that stop was on a Thursday morning, mm-hmm. and so they're getting they're they're weekending up. Yeah. yeah, they're they're getting ready. Mm-hmm. Not you know not quite. The I, I have getting. noticed lately, especially in this area, there has been quite a few more bars that open early open early like that for the third shift people. Yeah, you can just walk in, and it it was like stepping through a time portal because it didn't feel like eight o'clock in the morning at the bar. The music was on. It, you know, it was a, a pretty dark, like, it was a long, like, kind of street, 
uh, like downtown sort of bar with windows just at the front and yeah. not not on the sides. Mm-hmm. And so it was always kind of dark in there, and people would be drinking beer and playing pool and smoking cigarettes and stuff because you could smoke inside that bar. Um, and so it felt like I was stepping into a bar mm-hmm. 8 p.m. Friday night. Let me tell you something. When you work a third shift job, darkness is your friend. Hello, never Like, I've never been the type of person who's had trouble, uh, like, sleeping. But as soon as you get into that, that, that third shift groove, if there is any light at all, I mean, just a peak of, it doesn't matter if it's even close to you. Like, if you're in a room and you just see a sliver of light from a window that you've partially covered up, you, that's all you focus on. You can't sleep. 100%. I, I used to have a third shift job as well. And you get the darkest curtains you can. Mm. Yeah, it's... It's hard. It's really hard. At one point, I couldn't find curtains, so I just used I, I lifted a couch up on its side and put it in front of a window. Oh. Yeah. I've hung blankets in front of windows yeah. before to tr- try to get it darker. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I've just, I, I've worked as a bartender before, and I remember uh, there'd be, like, weird fluctuations during the work week where people would come in at, like, 10 p.m., get a, like, get one shot and then mm-hmm. leave. Mm-hmm. And they were always like buying, like always driving trucks. Because mm. the rule is like always Friday and Saturday, you're always busy. Mm. There were always these weird fluctuations during the week where it was really late and we hadn't closed just quite yet. And there'd be a group of guys that would come in and get a bunch of shots and then leave before we closed. Hmm. It sounds like what you're describing is people going to the bar to drink. <laughs> That's true. I'm sorry. Maybe it has no. Re- re- I'm sorry. Re- not like, to no, like. No, you're right. Like, Ooh. like. Maybe it has nothing to do with that. So speaking of this, this kind of brings up... So the other day, as I mentioned before in the, old po- uh, po- the other podcast we did the other day, uh, I'd gone to breakfast. Well, I went by myself. You know, I, I live alone. I spend a lot of time by myself. If I go out to eat, most of the time it's by myself, which I prefer. You know, cause Phil, I'm a- if you ever want to not go out to eat by yourself, you have a number. You can text me. Fair enough. It's, it's cool. I'm down. See, but, you know, I'm a pretty... I, I grew up in a large family, so uh, my eating habits are kind of like a uh, group of rabid dogs <laughs> going after the same uh, plate. Me too. So that's just, you know, that's how I eat. And I'm a bit of a messy eater, so I prefer to eat alone. But for some reason, every time that I I do that, like, for instance, just the other day, I go in there and we'll ask you how many is in your partners Well, just one. And then from that point on, they give you weird looks. And... It's even harder for some reason to get like to have a waitress come in and check on you. They just kind of leave you alone. It just happens. It's just I've noticed this happen more. If you come in with a group of people, they're right there every time. But if you're by yourself, you might they might leave you alone for an hour. I think it's because they think you want to be alone. Well, I mean, I've got another explanation I'd like to drop in here, if that's okay with both of you. Please. Uh, Do you suppose, I've never been any sort of waitstaff or waiter or waitress before in my life, but do you suppose that they think I could get a tip from one person if I do a really good job, or if I do a really good job, I can get a tip from four people at this table? I mean, yeah, that is fair. Like four adults, they're probably going to have four separate checks. Here's the thing. I always go in, like, knowing by myself and and, and having that same, like, Mm. mentality in mind, I tip good. You know, if yeah. I, I, you know, I try to make it worth it because I know I, if, if I was in their shoes, I would be, you know, upset too. If I had to sit one person at a table, I could sit six people because mm-hmm. you know, that just happens to be the only table that's open. So that's, you know, less chance to get money. So, I, I mean, at least, you know, I'm not, I'm not tipping enough for six people, but I, I always tip well. I, yeah. I think the key is like 
you really get to know who the good tippers are because there mm. are a couple of elder gentlemen or people mm. that came in by themselves who we knew had their own business, knew traveled a mm. lot, and when they came in, you knew if you just got them their entree and drink to them quickly, mm. they were going to tip you mm. above $6. Mm. And so it's a very ca- calculated game, I think. Mm. Um, so if you're consistent and you keep coming in and you just start tipping really big, like tipping, mm. like if you're a good tipper and you come in consistently, waitresses talk. <laughs> like they're going to know that you are going to need to be taken care of to get not, that tip. Okay. So not not to uh, shift the uh, conversation up completely, but also doing that. You have my consent. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's so, talk about something else. I mean, you guys, I assume, grew up in relatively conservative homes. To, I would to a certain I, degree. Yeah. I would say, relatively, uh, sure, accurately, and also at times uh, doesn't quite describe how accurately. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, punishments were pretty strict in your house. I'd say, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I'm guessing a lot of like spanking and stuff like that. I mean, just that, the yep. the the average conservative punishment there, for a child. <laughs> there was there was, our our household had a paddle. Yeah. Same. I found out we later had a yard that stick. my cousin made that paddle for my mom. Ooh, on shame on your stick. cousin. Yeah, we're not. Ugh, I feel like he betrayed Ooh. all the cousins. Well, I feel the betrayal. Yeah, it, it was It was a very long, and it was mm. about an inch and a half thick. So mm, Big, like, thick paddle. Yeah, I I never looked at him the same Where way. Where are you going with this, Phil? Yeah, sorry. Well, no, I just, I, I had a thought. Recently, because I had recently watched the uh, Emperor's New Groove, mm-hmm. great film and oh, classic film. <laughs> no, it, it reminded me of a particularly gruesome punishment I had as a child. Uh, as a conservative, so we spent a lot of time in, in the church setting, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and uh, me and my brother would be what I like to call little demons. <laughs> What you like to call or what your mom liked to call? <laughs> a little both. Okay. I think okay. I think we knew how horrible uh, we were, but also <laughs> it was just amplified. Okay, okay. It's like, this is fun. Let's just keep now, doing this. After, after watching that movie, me and my brother had this like, well, just any movie in general, we would just repeat everything that we could remember from that movie nonstop if we thought it was funny or just... You know, line after line, that was mostly our childhood repeating oh, lines from movies. Your poor parents. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. was it? You know. Never mind. You can, you can, go, go on. Well, there's, there's a particular scene in that movie where uh, the, uh, what what's her name? The, As, no. The, uh, the, the main villain. You know what I'm talking about? Elsa? Elsa or something like that. Elsa, I wanted to say it. Yeah, you're, yeah, let's go. Ahead. Something That's like right. that. Anyway, starts with an E. Who yeah, cares? Yeah. Well, she she has a helper named Kronk, right? Yes. There's a particular scene in the movie where she's trying to get rid of somebody, so she yells at Kronk. She says, <laughs> "Pull the lever, Kronk!" And then he pulls the lever, but all of a sudden she falls, and like they fall together, and then you just hear her scream, "Wrong lever!" Right. Well, why do we even have that lever? Well, me and my brother. Uh, one Sunday morning, decided to skip uh, Sunday school while my parents were having the main service, and we were playing, you know, in the hallways, just yelling and throwing things at each other. And at one point, we got close enough to like the doors of the like the main meeting area, 
and you could hear us scream that at each other. And my brother says, pull the lever, Crunk! And I said, wrong lever! And then, so everybody, everybody heard it. And oh just, my God. you could hear, like, the pastor was talking, and then after I screamed that, it was just silence. And I could feel, <laughs> I could feel the dread just creeping into my face. I mean, just the, the, the shade of red that I must have been would have been like no red I've ever seen. Gosh. And so, no, knowing <laughs> what was about to happen, me and my brother went, found a bench, and just sat, <laughs> just sat and waited the entire. This was at the like the very beginning of the service, so for probably an hour and a half, we just sat quietly with our arms folded, waiting for uh, my mother. And when she came, I, I had this just, this, I had this immediate thought. And just just feeling that this is it. I am nine years old, and this is this is how I die. This is, how you die. This is the this is the last thing I the last thing I see will will be the floor as I'm bent over, well, getting just the I worst have beating of my life. Immense, like respect for your mother that mm. you weren't even told to stop. Mm. You just heard silence, mm-hmm. and you knew, and you just stopped because I would have just kept playing. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even have noticed that, like. Mm-hmm the fear <laughs> no when uh when she did come it was i uh, i i had like almost like well blackouts where i just i remember getting grabbed by the back of the shirt and kind of bumping into my brother as we were rushed into the backyard of the church where we oh were, you guys didn't even go home no no no, no, no. Oh. the church was like just starting to let out so there was like two or three people like about to get in their cars, and we were in the back like yard of the church, maybe a hundred feet behind, picking out uh, our individual switches, <laughs> and the switches were used on us, in a matter in a manner that I would say is almost gruesome. And uh, I I just remember not being able to sit for a week, and now every time I watch that movie and think about that scene, I have a ghost pain. Oh no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, just the fear that was mm-hmm. implanted by your mother. Just respectable at some points. Did you guys ever experience, like, what, did you guys ever have, like, a real, like, a real big punishment that you'll never forget? So there was one time <laughs> <laughs> where I was pretty young. And this is going to sound really sad, but keep in mind, I grew up in Arizona hmm. where nice sand and dirt was just nice. Hmm. So they were doing construction by my house. And so there's my house, there's a fence, and then you just see like a mesa and then just just the horizon. Like there's mm-hmm. just sand and, and weeds and they were doing construction. So they dumped a bunch of this. And Arizona sand is really fine and really cool mm-hmm. and you can kind of play with it. And sometimes if you're lucky, you could find clay, which means you could build stuff, which was really cool. So my parents lifted us over the gate or the fence and like let us play in dirt and I got pretty late and I was like, oh, I want to go inside. And I was with my friend Alyssa and she said, we shouldn't wait for your parents. We should just walk around the neighborhood because it was just like a block. And if you went down far enough, you could walk around to the front of the house. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I can't climb this fence. So I'm just going to walk around. Apparently, right after we left, my mom came out to get us back oh, over the no. fence and I had been missing for 22 minutes, 23 minutes. And my mom opened that front door as soon as she saw me. 
brought me in. Usually, well, usually the standard thing was to let us wait in the bedroom and think about what we did before she brought in the paddle. Mm. She had me by my arm and grabbed that paddle off of the kitchen door where mm. it usually hung. And it said harsh love Oof. on it. <laughs> The weight, the weight. The, it's weird when the paddles get named. Isn't it? Uh-huh, yeah, huh? by my cousin, and she she didn't even close the bedroom door all night. Like usually, it was like a very like you sit there and you you know you're gonna get paddled and you have to think about what you did. And the weight is worse than the actual spanking. Yeah, and, and then the spanking is like I don't remember spanking, but she she was crying and she was like, I was so worried about you, and I was like, I never going to tell my mom anywhere like without telling her where i went anymore after that and like my siblings are watching and everything and that was a terrible embarrassing moment mm. but i think she, i i think after that we just my dad just took a shovel into the backyard and just shoveled the dirt on the <laughs> other side of the fence <laughs> so we could keep playing with it any fun experiences from you lincoln oh none that i want to talk about <laughs> oh, fair enough <laughs> You I know, think we've talked about it enough. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I got punished a lot as a kid, um, and uh, lots of TV privileges were revoked. Uh, lots of, mm. lots of, lots of getting paddled happened. You know, just the you know normal stuff. Yeah. I uh, I was uh, like the church community we're going to was pretty small mm-hmm. and i i have a feeling that i me and my brother in particular had a or my brother and i had a uh at least had been spanked by more people just in that group than anyone else i think in the history of that just i've never never have i met somebody who's been spanked by somebody who's not their parents that yeah. as many times as me and my brother were it, i mean it takes a village right <laughs> <laughs> an entire village <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, you know, the, my family slash community, I, I can't say I was ever spanked by anyone who wasn't my parents, but I imagine my parents would have been fine with it if I deserved something that this slightly stranger would have felt they needed to spank me for. Um, but times were a little, little bit, little bit different. I don't know. Mm. My, our, my community wasn't quite that small that mm. I grew up in. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely got threatened with having to, uh, clean our neighbor's bathrooms like scrub their toilets as a punishment just because we ran out of toilets at our house for me to clean when I did things wrong mm. just because I was <laughs> and that would have been really embarrassing to have to call up uh, our neighbor and say hey Mrs. forget what your last name is can I come over and clean your bathroom because I'm in trouble and my mom wants me to call you and ask if I can clean your mom would have made you yeah. make that call yeah probably and, uh, when, see, whenever my dad ran out of ideas for punishments like cleaning wise yeah. he usually resorted to punishments that I think are against the Geneva Convention Okay. Okay. Things like talking like mustard gas or well, not quite that, <laughs> but it, like there's there's a particular thing that he very much enjoyed called the uh, oh uh, I can't remember. It was basically what it was is that we would have to sit, we would have to sit something with our back against the wall, oh, yeah. and then he would move the seat, and we had to stay in that position like a wall sit for a really that, long time. We called that basketball practice. It's <laughs> a weird thing to call this. <laughs> Just. The, the the amount of time that we would have to sit in there, I mean, to the point where my legs are the biggest part of my body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, the, the amount of weight that I can lift with my legs, I should be thanking my dad, I guess, but also 
it was a horribly scarring experience. Uh-huh. It's like, man, why am I so anxious? Like, I had to wait for the paddle a lot. That's, I feel like that's just a breeding ground for anxiety. It's just most when, when you have to think about what you did, it mm-hmm. just gets worse. There was one time I went. There was like a my neighborhood. My neighborhood was a loop, and there was a cul-de-sac at the end of that loop. And I biked too long in that cul-de-sac, so my mom couldn't see me for a full hour. Mm-hmm. When I came back. She was worried that something happened to me, and I had to decide whether to get a paddling or go to Pioneer Club. Like, I could either, sorry, not go to Pioneer Club. Mm -hmm. I could either not go to Pioneer Club and not race my car that I had been working on for weeks, or I could get a paddling. I chose the paddling. I didn't even wait. I was like, I worked on this car for so long, Mm -hmm. and I won an award. There was plenty of times in my house where I would, you would, if you were like a, a person who just visiting my house, as you open the door, you would see me and my brother running for our dear lives <laughs> in like a t-shirt and underwear because we would try to run from the paddle, and it would just make it worse. So How did you so run? much. It always makes it worse. Because <laughs> you have to go back. That's where your food survival. and shelter is. The, survival. Like, the five minutes uh, that we were running away was just the most ultimate bliss. Because it just meant that we were free. If only for a few minutes, we were free. And it felt good. Until it didn't. Man. I think I got, like... I remember my mom told me, she was like, you were the oldest kid that I've raised that has gotten a paladin. Like, mm. I've, I was the one that she had to paddle at the oldest. Which makes sense. I'm the oldest. Sixteen. <sighs> I got paddled. And it was sort of so a like, little, little old. Yeah, and my it's mom paddled old. me once, and then sighed, and then stopped. <laughs> she goes, "If you haven't gotten it at this point." I do remember a, like a specific period where eventually, like paddling didn't work anymore. Yeah. So then we were just, just like fine. And, and my dad wasn't fine. like my dad was never the type for like grounding or taking things away. So it was just like hard labor, or he would give me and my brother boxing gloves, and I was fighting it out because ninety percent of the reasons for getting spanked was because me and my brother were fighting. My dad did that to two kids at school. He yeah. was a school counselor, and they kept getting into fights. Mm. And instead of like trying to separate them and do whatever teachers are supposed to do because I'm not a teacher and I don't mm-hmm. know um, he had boxer gloves hanging in his office he mm. was a school counselor and he was a teacher and he said okay go at it just let them go at it for like a full hour and they start like they got exhausted and he goes okay are you done and for, I, for some reason never fought after that Hey, you guys want to know something interesting? Yes. Did you know that your blood takes up about 8% of your body weight? Really? Yeah. Did you know that you're born with two innate fears? Uh, let me guess what they are. Did you uh, know that figs aren't considered vegan because they have dead wasps inside? Ooh. Ew. Did you know that giraffes hum at each other at night to make sure their herd stays together? They hum at each other? Hum at each other. That's incredible. You That's know what incredible. else is incredible? The fact that these fun facts are brought to you today by our sponsor, Golf Lessons with John. If you're local to the Bowling Green, Ohio area, our sponsor, Golf Lessons with John, can uh, make you into the golfer that you dreamed you could be. Can Can he help with, like, technique? Yes. Really? He can. He is he is studying to become a golf instructor, and uh, he'll give you golf lessons mm-hmm. and fun facts, probably. 
Probably. And ladies, if you're just tired of the whole, like, a man teaching you how to golf and you just really want to know what you're doing on the golf course, John isn't a misogynist. He'll help you out and you'll be able to be a better golfer. Yes. John is a gentleman golfer and a gentleman golf instructor. Delightful. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap this episode up. Any last words from either of you? Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I forgot. I was gonna. I was gonna explain how I got retaliated. What were you gonna explain? I was gonna explain how I retaliated uh, against my brother uh, for. It's no, not blueberries. Yeah, for, oh, it's not my blueberries. It really sounds like we should talk about that on tomorrow's episode of the podcast. Yeah, you're right. All right, guys. Happy Tuesday. See you tomorrow. <laughs>